You are listening to KYRS Medical Lake Spokane 88.1 and 92.3 FM, and this is Outspoken. You are back. This is another week has flown by, Mm -hmm. and the boys are back in the studio. It's going to be a great show. We are packed to the gills today. Yes, we are. And what's really fun is our station, our studio, is always packed with people because we like to have live guests in and our interns are in. And remember last week was Houston's last day. It was, and we are missing him greatly. We've moved it on, but today... uh, Aaron is silently mm-hmm. in the background watching what Sergey does on the board. So That's intern right. Aaron is in here, but we're uh, we're packed with people, including mm-hmm. even though he's not on till after our first segment. Director extraordinaire Lance Babbitt is in the studio and just kind of enjoying being here. We made him take a break from Rocky Horror today, just like an intermission, basically, which is probably the worst thing that can happen to you. Right. Taking a break from that show. I mean, come on. Right. Come so on. we're going to get in depth on to Rocky Horror, yes, uh, which is going to be at the Civic. We love theater. It's going to be at the Civic October 14th through November 15th. We're going to get in depth. It's the first time Spokane has had a live theater performance of Rocky Horror, not just going to the movies. So we're yeah. going to talk in depth with Lance Babbitt, the director of that for Civic. Also, we want to remind you some other things going on because we love theater so much. Ringo Starr and his all-star band is going to be at the INB Performing Arts Center. It's going to be on Sunday, next Sunday, October 26th. Um, so go to uh, go to their mm-hmm. website to find out where tickets are. Yeah, you can get Tickets West on IMB website or Mm TicketsWest.com. And also, don't forget Chicago still running. There's two (sighs) weekends left. They're running through the 23rd. We were slightly and are slightly obsessed. We loved it. We saw it. It was perfect. I mean, how can you not love Chicago? And Modern did a great job. They did a great job. job. Abby Crawford, who is the the director of that. Yeah, we love her. So she was, I was talking to her. She heard us talking last week and Sergey and I might have mentioned that we would really like to just take over the parts of the two leading ladies. And we would like to do that. And so she said, she actually said she will play the lawyer, uh, Mr. Flynn, and that Lance Babbitt should be Mama Morton. So (laughs) we have cast it. She's like, she smells a fundraiser. And I'm like, so do I. That's it. So Bring it on. (laughs) That will be on. Abby's already cast. We're we're set. Right, Right, right. I love that, you know. You just people just people will be paying for us to stop, so it'll raise a ton of funds. It'll be great. Hey, that'll be even yeah. better because we'll be wearing those short little flappers. Yes, there you like, go. Put it on. <laughs> put it back on. I love it. The other thing we need to talk about at the end of the show, we're going to have uh, uh, recording artist Camille Bloom mm-hmm. is going to be debuting a single for us here in the studio, and we'll let her introduce that. But she's also going to be performing Saturday, October fifteenth at Nine Bar and Bistro at 6.30. Um, so once you hear her song, you'll fall in love with her because it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, she is from the Northwest. And so I'm excited to talk to her later. So those are fun things you can go out and about. Yeah. To do. Speaking As, of out and about, you right? and I and the team went out to Terrain this weekend so on Friday, fun. which was a hoot and a half. If you missed mm-hmm. it, I'm so sorry for you because Once it was a year, good. Once a year, just mark good. your calendars now for next yep. year then. Yeah, 
And there was a uh, there was a big giant uh, portrait of Trump, which you there was met a few of them. And like so, I was, I was not there, appreciating it, but that's okay. I was that's there okay. before you, and I'm like, just yeah. meet me by Trump. Yeah. <laughs> it's right as you walk in the door. It is. It was right at the door. And yeah, there were three portraits of Trump, but they all made him look ridiculous, so it was perfect. Yeah, right, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, did him justice. We did a handshake experiment there, yes. which was presented by uh, Ryan Ulrich. He does mm-hmm. kind of a social experiment every year, which was fun, and we love him. We yes, we and do. This was the line for this was a little crazy yeah we had yeah. to wait about 10 minutes to right do a which sponge, is ridiculous you know. we do not wait we do not wait um but what the premise of this we get up there and there's mm-hmm. rules mm-hmm. what were the rules so you had to handshake uh shake someone's hand and then talk to them get through to know a them. curtain you, you can't curtain. see their you don't face see them. and then you draw them you draw what you think they look like based on their handshake and, and you know, a what three your, minute conversation yeah, you you're three minutes about. Yeah. So I think we did a good job. You and I both, you had just bright red hair. Um, I did, and it was really it was spiky, spiky. So I decided I'm going to go get you that done. You have to do that. You have to go back to your punk days. She had me very yeah. vibrant. I wore <laughs> yeah. a bow tie. I mean, she picked I, up on my personality. I know, and you've never worn a bow, t- bow tie in your life, Once, which I was surprised. Once, you took away from me because you said I didn't look good in it. <laughs> I remember. I'll um, forgive you for that. But, but that was it was a good time. Terrain yeah. was And so was uh, they're going to be putting up things on hashtag handshake. Mm-hmm. Uh, terrain handshake, I believe, is the hashtag on Facebook. Yeah. Um, they'll be putting up everybody's pictures. They've been slowly trickling out over the last couple it. days. Our friend Lara, who works here mm-hmm. at the station, uh, she was on there. She ran into our good friend Josh Swan, who's been on our show a couple of times. They were there. Basically, if you don't know what terrain is, it is an art show celebrating people from our area that mm-hmm. do all you do 3D art, you do spoken word, music. Uh, painting, picture, everything, everything you can imagine that that art could encompass. Yeah, they highlight, and it's two floors. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year there was about ten thousand people who went through those doors. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure year, about this year's numbers, but I don't, I'm similar. sure they're going to be similar. either similar, if not more. And always a ton of fun. Yes, I'm not sure the interns who were able to go knew what they were getting into um i do i'm gonna call out dylan's gonna hate me for this yeah i'm gonna call out dylan (laughs) the intern because he thought what a great what a great opportunity to try to get some girls numbers (laughs) so dylan i'm like you go go. boy he found an opportunity (laughs) he went with us through it and then you know he had some free time he touched out and went to find some girls and i told him hey that is how (laughs) this is how it happens we give great if you've listened to our show, we give our interns yeah, dating advice do. all the time because obviously me, single, know a lot, apparently. Right, apparently. You know, <laughs> you just, you know, with your boy all happy, don't go out there. But we have we have sage advice. I don't go out there, excuse you, excuse you. I go out there do you with go my out boy. There? Oh, I was going to say. With my boy. I was going to say. <laughs> and you, all I got from everybody was you outdressed to everyone, you and oh, Cole. It makes me sick. Uh, I threw up a little bit. Thank you. At least I lost weight. So. <laughs> you did. You're looking good. I know, right? Um. Also, this week was Andrew Biviano's election party, which was at... um. The mansion. Oh my gosh! Why can't I remember? Patsy, Patsy Clark. Clark Mansion in Browns Edition. Yes, beautiful he, venue. Amazing, amazing. He's running time. for um, county commissioner. County commissioner mm-hmm. district two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to meet him and talk with him. He's going to be on our show. He will. He'll uh, be coming out a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and we got to hear him speak live. We got to meet his family, and it. This is what I love. Listen, people. We talk about politics all the time. All the time. You have the opportunity to meet the people in your backyard who are running to yeah. represent you. 
what a great opportunity. We went in there. There's no cover charge. We no. just got to go yeah. in, talk to the candidate, and Have get a some feel cheesecake for who they are. and some wine. Okay, yeah, cheesecake is really what brought us there. To, yeah. The well, wine you know. kept me there. Yeah. <laughs> the cheesecake. But it is, you can do that yeah. in your backyard. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, it doesn't matter, but take an active interest in who wants to represent you. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, he said a lot of things that were very, I can't wait to talk to him, that were very inspirational. Mm -hmm. I will say I left going, okay, he's telling you he's untarnished, so we need to get him in and get him out. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> right now he can do some great, great work. Four years in, he's probably going to get bought by somebody. Oh, but, my gosh, yeah. So Get in, get so out. So I may be a little jaded, but... I'm hearing but he that. I'm hearing that, and right? that's typical Jonathan, but it that's okay. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Now, all that to be said, uh, we are encouraging everyone to vote, obviously. We yes. have since the day we started the show. Yep. Tomorrow is the last day you can register to vote. So get on your computer. It's easy. Get on your computer. Mm -hmm. Go online. Uh, I think it's myvote.com. If not, search it on Google because that's a resource yeah, you not, have. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Um, and go register to vote. Tomorrow's the last day. You must, must, must register. Kurt, are you it's listening? A huge year. In the other room, Kurt? Kurt. I don't... <laughs> Kurt from famously, the very beginning. Kurt has not, has registered, not registered to vote. vote for three years, and he's a part and of. And we've this been show. pushing him, and we right. one time sat down with him to register to, to vote. Show him, and all he had to do was confirm it in an yeah. email, and he never did. Yeah, so he had one see, button to click. So we feel you, people out there, oh, go boy. vote. Especially, I mean, I'm. Let's just say it. Tonight is the second presidential debate. It is. After a very <laughs> interesting, yes, um, and crazy week <laughs> expose video that came out of Trump and how he feels about women, that has a lot of words we can't say on an FCC regulated but show. Join us on podcasts on our after party, which is a segment we are starting. Yeah, to uh, find out what we think today. about it. Because we got a lot to say. We got a lot to say. And I might have tweeted mm -hmm. a controversial Michelle Bachman. That's okay. Tweet. I love but it. I stand behind it. Good. So, <laughs> anyways, here's the thing. So, lots going on. Be involved. If you want to be part of our conversation, we love to hear what you think, whether you agree or disagree. Mm -hmm. You can do that on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outspokesman. Or you can do it on Twitter. Send us a tweet at, at Outspokesman. Um, there and then apparently we have an Instagram page, but I can't I can't talk. But that's just that for is. beautiful selfies of Jonathan oh, and I. So oh, okay. I mean, so. don't get too political there. I know. <laughs> um, I might hold a sign or something. Yeah, there, <laughs> there you go. But we should take a quick break we before should. we get to our favorite segment of every month. Our Doctor Sex, not a real doctor, not a real doctor. Damon L. Jacobs out that's of right. Manhattan. We will be have him on the air to answer your questions that you have been sending in all week. So I cannot wait. So guess what you've all been waiting for? We wait patiently, every, not so every patiently, month. thirty days every mm -hmm. month. Uh, our favorite boys' time of the month when we bring on our very own sex doctor. Not, Not a real, real doctor, doctor. <laughs> which is a uh, relationship <laughs> and uh, marriage therapist out of Manhattan himself, Damon L. Jacobs. I want to remind everybody who's listening, he is the author of the books Absolutely Shouldless and Rational Relating, available at Amazon or wherever fine books are sold. Damon, are you there? Hey, boys with a Z. Hey. How are you doing today? Oh, Wonderful. What are you doing? You are the, probably one of the busiest men I think I've ever met. Are you breathing? <laughs> are you taking a break? What are you doing right now? I actually just got into New York about five hours ago. Oh, from my California. gosh. I was going to say, wow. you were down in San Francisco, right? I was just in Los Angeles in uh, Humboldt State, beautiful campus, uh -huh. as well as San Francisco for some meetings. Wow. You are and, all um, over the place. Just, 
I love it's it. It's so inspiring. There's just yeah. so many wonderful people doing so much great work helping to enhance the quality and quantity of our physical lives, of our sex lives, of, of, our, of our medical health. It's, it's so inspiring. I, I think we're all in a really good time in history to be having these conversations well, um, you, about creating the kind of love and the kind of connections that we want to have with see, all these options. And I have. love that. And I love our conversations. You know, this is going to be a very interesting show for us. Obviously, we have listener questions that we'll, we'll want to get to. We also are, in the second hour, having on the director of a play, um, Five Guys Chilling, which has to do with this phenomenon in the gay community of Kim sex. And I wondered, uh, first of all, I guess they talk about it a little more openly over in the UK than we do here, but uh, sex and drugs is not new, I don't think, for anyone. Um, but I wondered if maybe we could get some thoughts, if you might have some thoughts on this this issue that they, you know, that we have in the gay community about these sex parties that have are very drug driven, uh, whether it be GHB or, you know, and I thought, what a great thing to ask Damon about. To see well, what you're wonderful. About. Yes, you know, they, it, we, chemsex is not unique to the UK. It's just unique mm-hmm. in the way they talk about it exactly. as right. a real phenomenon and the way they give more respect to it. Mm-hmm. Not because we want people to be running around having a lot of sex on crystal meth, but because right. they realize this is where people are at. And right. instead of condemning them or shooting them, mm-hmm. using the word should on them, mm-hmm. or trying to, to say they're bad or immorally wrong, their point of view is often, let's try to, to help people make healthier decisions if they're going to do this anyway. Right. So my thing is that, of course, people are going to alter their consciousness sometimes when they're connecting with others. This is not new to the gay community. Human beings have been doing this as long as human beings have been having sex and yeah, exactly. had access mm-hmm. to plants and chemicals and, and spirits, right? Mm-hmm. But I just think that we want to know why we're doing what we're doing. I am not against drugs at all, but I do encourage people just to be mindful and conscious about why they're doing the drugs they do. So in other words, let's say for a lot of gay people, they're uncomfortable with their bodies. They're afraid of sex. Or as we said on the show, a lot of people have never learned anything about sex or ever have conversations or communications about sex. So they use drugs to try to get to quiet down a part of their mind that they feel like they can't quiet down anyway so they they can enjoy the sexual experience they want to have. Exactly. And I really recommend for people to to go about enjoying themselves and letting go and enjoying pleasure in in a a way that expands that, um, Mm -hmm. in a way that allows you to have that with or without a chemical substance. Right. Sure. And it's all about doing everything safely, not, you know, destroying yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think right. is the Extremes real conversation. Are always, are, can always be dangerous. Yes. And, and yeah. we really, I, again, I practice a, a harm reduction. So harm reduction yeah. means you meet somebody where they're at and you help them make healthier and more mindful decisions based on the information we have available to us. Exactly. Um, crystal meth and sex can be a very dangerous combination. Right. And it's really important people understand the physical risks and sexual risks if they're going to engage with that. Exactly. And that's what we always love about this segment is we try to bring an open conversation and to help people be make healthy choices mm-hmm, and still mm-hmm. explore, you know, sexuality. Yeah. And so, I mean, what a great way to premise and the questions. We always today. keep it absolutely shouldless here. Thanks to exactly. Damon. Exactly. He you. helps us keep it. Yay! Because <laughs> right. right. shoulds are not sexy. 
They're just not. Yeah, right. I don't know anyone who can really enjoy sex when they've got a bunch of shoulds in their mind. Exactly. And again, as we see and we we talk about, that really interferes Uh with being present and experiencing pleasure in the moment. Exactly. I should have an erection right now. My partner should have an erection right now. I should have an orgasm right now. I should have lost weight or I should have... You know, done all these shoulds really interfere with our ability yeah. to enjoy and relax in the moment. And and there's ways to relax and enjoy the moment without crystal meth or without drugs. Sure. Exactly. And that and they are really barriers. And that really leads us really well into our first question. Um, it's a lot about you know should and enjoying. And this listener is writing. And when I'm in a long term relationship, after about a year, I notice that my sex uh, with my partner is not nearly as satisfactory as I enjoyed it once. Uh, what can I do to keep the excitement? Alive. What a you know what a great way to start our segment. Right, this is, I this agree. Show, this is the question that is, is is asked through the ages. This is a a, a straight. This is a gay question. Mm-hmm. This is everybody question because it, I have a colleague in New York City named Esther Perel who has written a wonderful book about this called Mating in Captivity. And after people read my books, I recommend that they read this <laughs> one. And she really recognizes she's a marriage family therapist, just like me. And she recognizes that we have these two kind of diametrically uh, opposed poles in our mind, uh, a part of our mind that creates stability and security and all that wonderful, loving, fuzzy stuff that happens when we are with somebody and maybe we move in together and we feel that, you know, yes, this person's really here for me and they're always going to be here for me. Right. And then we have the part of our mind that lusts and craves and hungers and desires and is kind of always looking outward for something a little bit beyond the reach. And and a lot of people feel these two different feelings, and they're confused, and often they feel guilty about it. And what I do and what Esther Perel does is really normalize that and universalize that. That makes sense. We don't always want to lust. We don't always feel like we want to have sex with the person who we love the most and maybe who we're eating and sleeping and sharing a bathroom with every day. Right. We don't always keep the hunger and desire and the passion alive. So this person's saying, well, what can I do to keep the excitement alive? And uh, the truth is there's many things that are, again, I would recommend um, in the book Mating in Captivity. But some of them that I really recommend couples do is remember what was so much fun about dating or hookups or booty calls when you were first meeting. A lot of times it was the anticipation. And I know you, you've got Rocky Horror. You're talking about Rocky Horror today. Yes. A great yeah. line in Rocky Horror. <laughs> My favorite line. It's a petition. Um, mm-hmm. But that's a really great way to remember one of the things we want to do when we're sharing our lives with someone is sometimes schedule a sex date. And that might not sound romantic to some people. Mm-hmm. But we all know that if we're busy and we're sharing our lives and we're living together, right. sometimes we just don't always have sex over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And we want to get back to that saying, Okay, Sunday at 8 p.m., you, me, mm-hmm. bed, right, yeah. food, <laughs> uh, whatever we're going to do, baby, we're going to do it. And then you look forward to it. You make a date and you keep the date. So you want to keep that part of your mind alive that, right. that looks forward to sharing your body and, and enjoying this pleasurable experience with yeah. another person. Well, and, and that's just one of the many tools talked about mating yeah, activity. Yeah, in this world that is so crazy busy where sometimes you do have those opposite schedules and you may have one night a week, that's great advice because uh, I know so many times me and my partner, we don't really you know, have time to have a date night or uh, time aside except for once or twice a week. And so that's, I mean, that's so key is to make sure that you have you know, that connection, Re, reignite the passion. 
Right. And sometimes, especially if it's two men, I will encourage them to schedule a date, schedule a time, and then depending on what their drive is, I encourage them not to masturbate or have an orgasm for right. four hours or more before that. Talk so about anticipation. You it, yeah. You're there. You're ready. <laughs> oh, you yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and that is great advice and, and works really well. Okay, let's get to our second listener question. And this person writes in and says, I've recently broke up with a three-year partner, but I'm not really wanting to date anyone right now. However, like most humans, I still have sexual desires and a drive. I know my ex and I I know my ex and I are sexually clean and safe, so that comfort in knowing STDs aren't a problem is a biggie for me, but is it just a complicated mess turning a relationship into a friends with benefits or a booty call relationship? Wow, okay. So what a, another great question that's really universal. This mm-hmm. is a really universal question. Well, I say more universal um, in the gay male community than the straight or lesbian community. Right, First right. thing I want to just say, though, and I know you guys have heard me say, I, I'm a little uncomfortable with just a word here, and I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not uh-huh. saying this is bad or anybody's wrong. But I just want to uh, ask this person to consider their usage of the word clean. Um, oh, uh-huh. Generally, if we talk about HIV or STDs, we we don't want to use words like clean because it implies that if someone is HIV or, or if that, they acquire yeah. an STI, that they're somehow dirty. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stigmatizing language that sometimes keeps people away from getting help and, and communicating. Right. So I'm just asking people, you know, I'm big on language and I'm big on linguistics, and I really want to caution people about the word clean because it can be hurtful and offensive to, to some folks. True. Good point. Um Okay, so but, but but that's not the question they're asking. They're asking about how do you transition from being in a relationship to friends with benefits? And right. and the great news is that there there are ways to do this. Um, there's ways what I call relationships. It's the word relationship with an F. Right. You can have relationships where you're sort of in between a relationship with a capital R, but just and right. and just a common friendship. It's a delicate balancing act, but it's possible. And I think the way that people do this is exactly what I talk about in my book, Rational Relating. I know I keep referring to books, but have communication. Be compassionate with one another. Mm -hmm. Talk with one another. Be present with one another. Don't assume you know what the other person is thinking or feeling. Right. And, you know, just check in with each other about the boundaries and make sure that you have integrity about the kind of agreements and, and uh, you, that you're creating together. Um, there's ways to do this, but you just really want to be sure that you're creating compromises, agreements, and negotiations together and then sticking to those agreements and compromises. Exactly. I think if communication is ever key, and it always mm-hmm. is, it's especially key in a situation like this. You have to mm-hmm. be very open with each other because it. I think it's. It, sometimes it's not as easy to untangle the right. emotion when that has been a part of it in the past. So if you're going to go down this route, you just have to be as open with each other as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and to talk about so what's, what's hard to talk about. Talk about the yeah. things that are uncomfortable. Um, you're probably, I'd say to this person, that they're probably, potentially, going to have some mixed feelings coming up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're sexually active with someone you used to be in a relationship with, there's bound to be some emotional confusion. And again, that's okay. That's fine. Um, Just, you know, be compassionate with yourself and with your partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, just one more thing that I'm a little bit worried about on the health side here, because it sounds like this person is assuming that 
again, because they used to be with someone, that they're right. protected somehow from, from STIs or HIV. And I just want to, again, caution, if you're sexually active, you may want to consider being on PrEP. If you're HIV right. negative, right. Um, you still want to get tested on a regular basis for gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis, yeah. and all those wonderful things. Um, just, you know, don't assume that because you used to be in a relationship with someone that you are somehow protected, because right. love is not the best protector. Um, right. According to the CDC, love is actually sometimes the worst protector mm-hmm. when right. people assume they can't get something, which they can. Yeah, yeah. and that's and a really good yeah. point. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next question here. So uh, my girlfriend and I have been dating for five months and recently moved in together. The move-in wasn't really planned, but happened because both of us wanted to sell our homes in this awesome market. Now her friends are telling me that I should propose to her next spring and that they know she would say yes. They say they already talked to her about it. I don't think it's possible for her to know she wants to marry me yet since she's only known me for five months, and this makes me feel like she would marry anyone. What should I do? Okay. That's, well, first mm. of all, congratulations on selling your home. Right? You know, and, and I think this is a whatever you did to make that happen, it shows that you do have some really great um, reasoning skills and thinking skills. And I'd encourage you to, to apply those to this situation as well. Um, you, you, there's a, and, and it's notable that this person includes shoulds twice in mm-hmm. their question mm-hmm. because there seems to truly be a should propelling this step forward. It doesn't sound to me like the question of marriage is something that's really organic and um, stemming from a, a really natural emotional place for this person. Right. Um, that they are being told by her friends yeah. that they should propose and um, asking me what they should do. And I don't tell people what they should do. And, and I really think that especially when it comes to being in connection and especially marriage with another person, we never want to come from a place of shoulds because that's just a recipe for disaster. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, I, again, it, it comes back to something we say here. We just said in the last question. Communicate. Yes. Talk. Yes. Talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Ask these questions. Ask these questions in loving, compassionate ways. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd say if you can, here's a tip for communicating about something really delicate like this. Um, try not to ask why questions. Like, right. why did your friends tell me this? Right. Uh, why do you want to get married? Mm-hmm. Those are questions that generally put somebody on the defensive. Mm-hmm. Right. And kind of a more open, loving, compassionate thing would be, I'm wondering how you're feeling about mm-hmm. marriage. And your friends have said this to me about you. Can you tell me how you're feeling? Right. And would you like to share with me how, how you want to be with me? And can we talk more about that together? Exactly. And I think the other, this assumption that something must be wrong, uh, if I don't operate in, you know, being able to know something like this in five months, it means that it's a wrong. When really neither... Neither party is wrong. They maybe just come at things from different ways. And I think it's helpful if we address, if we approach it from that. It doesn't mean anything's wrong in that mentally with this person if they are sure about you. It just means that's just not how fast you move. And it's okay either way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's right. important. We just assume right. everybody right. must follow a very yeah, the guideline, a the strict timeline, plan. Exactly. Yes, a yeah. strict pl- uh, timeline. Exactly. Right. And, and it's not... Again, I just want to call this person up on, on kind of an assumption here because they're saying it makes me feel like she would marry anyone. I, I don't think that's necessarily right. the case here. 
But what it does indicate, if all of this is true and all the, the friends are, are being accurate, it does indicate that marriage might be of a higher priority for her right. than it is for the, the writer of this question. They might have some different values and priorities. They need the to do that marriage. that value priority list in your book. I just want everybody to know. So yeah. just go get the book. Because that's a great actually, exercise. It yeah. is. And even me being single, I did this exercise because mm-hmm. it's important to understand you know what my priorities exactly what are. What you're looking for. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a great way for ourselves yeah. to 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 accept what is important to us in a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, I love talking with you boys. <laughs> it yes. is so fun. Okay, let's get to our final listener question. And I, I want to say it's been fun that we have there's, uh, we have a more mix of genders in our question submissions this time, and that just means our listenership is, is diverse. It, it is. I enjoy I like that. It. So this girl, <laughs> let's call her Tara. And I have been dating for six months. When we started dating, it had been almost a year since she had just gotten out of a 15-year-long relationship. She said she didn't want anything serious, at least for the summer, and so we agreed to not be exclusive. Now it's not summer anymore, and I found out through a missent text that Tara's been sleeping with someone else the whole time we've been dating. She didn't do anything wrong, but I realized I'd just assumed she wasn't acting on the freedom of our open dating relationship. We've talked about it since, and she says she loves me, and she's still not interested in a monogamous relationship with me. I have never been interested in polyamory before, but I am really considering it, which makes me think I must be very much in love with Tara. Here's again, what should I do? Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to unpack in this yeah. right? There's a lot going on here. <laughs> yes, there um, is. And again, believing, because again, I, 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 this may sound like a broken record, but there truly are no shoulds, and especially mm. in a situation like this. There's right. absolutely no shoulds. There's no universal, invisible committee that's going to sit down right. and meet and, and have right. a consensus on what is for you to do. I would say for yourself, instead of asking what you should do, is just to ask yourself what is the healthiest thing for you to do or mm-hmm. what decision might bring you the most serenity or joy and pleasure with Tara. There was a big assumption here, and I'm so glad this came up again today because <laughs> really, folks, assuming yeah. assuming things that your partner is doing or not doing or thinking or not thinking yeah. or feeling, please, this is a, a, such a, a pitfall. This is so such a dangerous area in any relationship is to make assumptions about what the other person is thinking, feeling, or whom, exactly. or whom's they're having sex with. Mm-hmm. And I'd say for, to this person, if you're interested in polyamory, keep in mind that's really an umbrella term that's used that can be a description of any kind of agreement, arrangement, negotiation, or compromise that you two decide you want to create together. So that might look like anything, that might look like, okay, we are together most of the time, but maybe on Monday nights we have our time to go see other people. Right. Or it could be we spend time together, but if we're traveling in different cities, we have the freedom to do whatever we want. Or, right. you know, whatever it is you want to create, it's up to you to create it. Right. But there is no, like, there's no official, like, you are officially polyamorous. It's not a certificate you have to right. get, and it doesn't come with a toast or anything like that. <laughs> it's just, you know, a descriptive term to help people yeah. see we want to create something beyond what the right. typical monogamous model is. Right. And it sounds like you're already in a relationship with Tara that involves a lot of that, that there's this um, 
openness about the possibility of mm-hmm. having sex with other people, but still mm-hmm. being very committed and, and caring and in love with each other. So that's a really great start. Right, exactly. And I think this this understanding that you don't have to look like everyone else. You mm-hmm. don't have to do any of that. Yeah. You get to, to, with your partner, create what works for you. And it's it's not an option culturally we have allowed ourselves. And I still think it's so new, obviously, in the questions we get every week. It's still so new to think that, oh, you mean it's not just one model and right. I have to yeah. fit myself into that model, that it is actually a, a, a communication. It's, a, it's an agreement, as mm-hmm. you said, in all relationships. Create, don't conform. I love that. Yeah, and right. and don't assume. And don't just don't assume. assume. Yeah. I really yeah. encourage people. And again, this is irrational relating. So if anybody mm-hmm. wants yes. to look this up, um, really don't assume. So everything from if if you're going to see other people, are mm-hmm. are there sleepovers? Do you sleep over right. with the other person? Mm-hmm. Do you want to know when this person is seeing somebody else? Um, you think about uh, protection from HIV or STIs mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. those are issues. You know, are in what ways are you negotiating safer sex practices? Um, yeah. Is it, do you think you or either one of you would benefit from being on PrEP, from pre-exposure yeah. prophylaxis? But just to ask these questions of each other. Mm-hmm. It's all about, I love the power of inquiry. I love the the brilliant freedom that that, uh, that allows you in any of your relationships in your life, be it friendship, you know, to uh, actual sexual relationship. Just the 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 permission to inquire of each other, you know, I love that. It's amazing what it does for your relationship. Right. And I think sometimes people are afraid to do this. And, and especially the first time they approach their partner about a conversation about polyamory mm-hmm. or even like marriage, like the last question or, right. or, or right. you know, having friends with benefits. Those, those can feel like awkward conversations in the beginning. But I promise you, that once you do this, and once you get used to this, it's so it becomes so easy. It becomes so almost instinctive to say, "Yeah, let's talk about this. Right? Let's have a conversation about this." It does get easier over time. Right. But it does. you know, because like we're saying, you, know, you just said, we these are not conversations we are typically um, conditioned to have in our society. We don't really have a lot of role models. We don't really see this reflected in arts and entertainment that often. Yeah, uh, Seeing couples really have valuable communication about these things, because honestly, it wouldn't make a great reality show (laughs) if people did have (laughs) loving communication about this. What do you mean? No drama? What? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It just takes that practice and keeping doing it. Damon, thank you so much much for taking time uh, once again out of your month. uh, Coming on, talking to the boys. We love you. Our listeners love you. Our favorite and version of our own Ant Flow. Yep. Favorite time of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be your Ant Flower, Dr. Shirley. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly, Dr. Shirley. Oh. Ivan. Thank you, Damon. I get excited every single time I know you're going to be back. One of these days, it's going to happen. We will get you in the Northwest. We'll get you in studio. I would love to be there. And in the meantime, I'll just I'll settle for making you excited from, from over here. I like that. <laughs> I, I love it. Being you, excited. You are good, and we're going to keep pushing your books because mm-hmm. you guys don't even understand. Remember, these books are amazing. He is author of the books Absolutely Shouldless and Rational Relating, uh, both amazing. Go check them out, Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Thank you, boys. So <laughs> Thank great you. to hear from you. You have too. Have a good have time. A Go day. rest. Mm-hmm. All right. 
You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. This is Outspoken. The Outspoken Boys in the studio. We just got off the phone with Damon L. Jacobs. He is the dating and relationship therapist extraordinaire. I'm using yes, extraordinaire a lot. You, you like that show. word. You like Apparently. It. That's okay, though. Picked up. Anyways, Damon was uh, our favorite time of the month. He was on doing our sex therapy, sex and relationship slash dating therapy for us from Manhattan. Hatton, we always That's write right. when he's on. But because our show doesn't stop ever, we are going to now allow, he's been here the whole time, allow on the microphones the director of the live Rocky Horror uh, play that hasn't been live in Spokane ever, ever. yet. Ever Until before. Lance Babbitt got a hold of it. And now we yeah. will never be the same. Lance, welcome <laughs> no. to the show. You will never be the same. No. Never. Not at all. That's great. I also, love that. I'm just thrilled that you haven't passed out because yeah. all you do is work. I do, but I love it, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is your latest creation. It is. It is. Talk to us about what is it, does an audience, can they expect when they go see your production of Rocky Horror? I, I think come to it kind of with an open mind because we're kind of reinventing it. I, I'm not doing the movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, we're doing a completely new version of it, to be honest. Uh, I think the movie is too tame mm -hmm. for Ooh. today's standards. Wow. And so we're going a little <laughs> I darker. I love hearing that. A little edgier. Ooh. A little... Edgier than the movie. Yes. Edgier than the movie, yeah. I, I mean, love that. Yeah. So well, the okay. movie was a while ago. And it's, yeah, yeah. it was, it was pretty tame then. I mean, <laughs> yeah, by today's standards, it's like, it's kind of Brady Bunchish, yeah. if you want to yeah. be honest. <laughs> it, it's a little sanitized. So yes. we're going, and it's in your face. The oh, space good. at the studio is very small. It's only 100 seats every night, and you're really no more than like 15 feet away from anybody mm -hmm. at any time. Right. And this is the, this is not main stage of Civic. It's the this studio. This is theater. the studio, mm -hmm. which we've been in both, and it, we've had a lot of fun down in studio because it's a very intimate environment. It is. It's really yeah. close. I mean, like I said, I think you're 15 feet away at the in the back right. row. You will see everything. I, I was going to say, and for Rocky Horror, <laughs> that might be a little uncomfortable, but get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we have what we call the splash zone in the yeah. first two rows. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying what, but I'm just saying... If you're not comfortable, maybe move to row three. Yeah. I think you're safer. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Wear a poncho, rain poncho. Yeah, wear a poncho. You're good. You're good. You know, we're See, selling t-shirts. Yeah. You have a t-shirt. <laughs> so w one of the things that's been interesting that, uh, that has gotten some, even before, it doesn't even open until this weekend, mm -hmm. but you guys did a photo shoot mm -hmm. and <laughs> have used it in the marketing. Yes. And this is, so the question I'd get, is that, as people will ask, is that like just from stock or is that? People from here, I'm like, oh no, they did real stuff. No, no, that's that's my cast. Yeah, All of, that's about three quarters of my cast on that photo. There's the a naked yeah. cast. Yeah. Yes, there is. Yeah. There, is. There, there was concerns of it being porn. It, right? No, that was I mean, it's like I thought. Right, okay, yeah, if yeah. you think that's porn, <laughs> you're not doing the same web <laughs> search as I'm doing. Right, but I'm just right. saying that's like, oh, okay, that's not. What I'm how looking. hard? Speaking of that, how hard was it to find a cast in the area? You know, we had about 80 people audition for oh the gosh. 15 yeah. roles. Yeah, nice. And so that was nice. We had a huge, mm. and you know, and I went with people, a wide spectrum of physical types, ages. I mean, I think we go from like 50 down to, I think, 18. Wow. So I wanted kind of a big, spe broad spectrum of people and society. I think that's something the show kind of says. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about how hard it was. Uh, these are iconic roles. They've been mm -hmm. around us for decades now. Yeah, it's 50 part years. of, oh, right? Yeah. 50, 50 years. years. They just Over had their 50, anniversary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, all the actors came together mm -hmm. and did a press mm -hmm. conference. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting to see them all. Sure. Um, now, how they aged. 
But yeah, how they age? Because yeah. let's face it, fifty years is a long is, yeah. It is it's a, a long time. time. Celluloid yeah. has kept oh, yeah. them young forever, but sure. this is reality. Yeah. We don't we don't live in that. No. How hard though was it to have to address iconic roles? And I, have them represented. I think we went into it kind of. I kind of wanted them all to come in with a blank slate and like, don't, don't bring in Tim Curry, don't bring in Richard right, O'Brien, right, right? And we've gone out of our way to visibly not do exactly right. the same things, while paying homage in, mm-hmm. in a way to a right. few iconic things mm-hmm. we have to do. But I really created. I think we wanted our own version of it. A, yeah, a very yeah. modern, yeah. slightly more modern. It still takes place. Because the play takes place in the 50s. Mm -hmm. The movie took place in the 70s. -hmm. So we're... Brad and Janet are still in the 50s. Everybody else is very modern and very current. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because it is kind of that transportation and time and the time warp. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you're you're in a whole different world when you're in the castle. And our our guests, as we call them... Are, run the gamut from being Edwardian to futuristic. I love that. They're everything. Right. I mean, we go sizes. I think we have one guy, one gentleman in the show is six foot five and weighs three hundred and fifty pounds, and we have one wow. boy that's uh, one hundred and twenty-eight pounds and oh five goodness. foot three. Wow! So it's a huge wow. yeah. spectrum. Everybody. So yeah. Rocky Horror. When you go and see the show nowadays, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's an event. You mm-hmm. go in there. You have the props. You you interact. How sure. much of that are you bringing into the live performance? We are bringing in as much as we safely can do. Right is okay. what we said. Okay. We had to. <laughs> yeah. We no. There there were months of discussions yeah. <laughs> with the theater about how much I could use. Like yeah. I can't have toast. I can't have oh, rice. Right. Oh, right, right. Sad. Well, sad. no, they're afraid of like vermin and thing. I don't know whatever okay, so I, like, I, I'm like, I thought, okay. you know, I'm going to pick my battles I thought I'm like okay yeah, I can lose yeah. toast that if I true. can get something else yeah <laughs> so but yeah no we have confetti we have oh, we have shredded it. confetti that looks like rice for oh, the wedding uh-huh. we have they can't do squirt guns but there we might sneak some in I'm not saying nobody, <laughs> nobody heard me say that please nobody heard me say that Nada. No uh, one the there's party hats there's party oh, favors perfect. there's I tons of stuff yeah so we have lots of things you could do there's lights we give you little lights you do lights at the Frankenstein place with us and so oh my gosh and we have the cast will cue you when to do it right and you get a package you buy at the top of the show and it's really fun so Oh my gosh! We're doing a lot of participation. Yeah, we get I to dance that. the time warp, so. right? Yes, yeah. that's my favorite dance. That is my favorite dance yeah, as well. You just go out there. And, Who yeah. is playing Frankfurter? Uh, Alex Edmonds. Mm-hmm. He he went to LC mm-hmm. and then he moved to Portland and he's mm-hmm. back this year. He was in Evil Dead last year. Oh my gosh! Nice. Really, really yeah. nice. Kind of a, a younger Frankenfurter, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Just a slightly different interpretation of him. Our Frank is a little more glam rock. Oh, okay. Then, I like it. You know, you know it's a little more maybe yeah. Bowie esque in a weird okay. way. And so, you okay. get a, a a little hint of that in the photos. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My, right. yeah. They're, he's he's a little more. Now, does he, do, does he put on his own face, or did he you find some drag queens? He is to, learning to put on his own face. He's learning to put on his own face. He's learning to put on his own face. Gotcha. Right now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's been a battle. But okay. <laughs> not okay. a bad one, but it's yeah. should have brought Nova <laughs> in. I, I just, no, Nova, I I, Nova has been consulting, so yeah. we're all good. <laughs> I wouldn't do this without him. No. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Is the Have you noticed, you? I think we were talking before, that there has already been a reaction because you already have sold out shows. Yeah, we do. We are pretty... I mean, the first weekend we open this week, is, I think, is sold out at this point. I know Friday and Saturday are sold yeah. out. Yeah. Friday, maybe not. But I know the Sunday matinee, which is shocking to me, is sold out completely. The one matinee that's we're doing amazing. is sold out. I was like, okay, I want to go to that show. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> I just want to sit about. what's yeah. going on there at 2 in the afternoon. Uh, and I know the next weekend, I think mm-hmm. s- the... F- 
the seven thirty shows are almost sold out, and wow. I think the eleven o'clock shows are going fast in weekend two. Weekend three is pretty open. And weekend four is pretty open right now. Okay, oh, so, well, we'll okay. fix that. Well, I yeah, mean, they're so uh, far in you. the future. Yeah, it's right. Not, yeah, we'll yeah. get them that's, there. Okay. First of all, the first weekend on any show <laughs> is mm-hmm. the make break weekend, anyways, sure. because mm-hmm. it's where you get your word of mouth. Yeah, it's we, where you get people. the people going. Oh, you have to see this show because so. What's great is having already shown out or uh, sold out. A local show, mm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Then you get them telling everybody else sure. that. Because here's the thing with everybody listening. You know, Sergey and I love local theater. The great thing about local theater is you have a sense of urgency because guess what, guys? This is only, there is an end date. It's a finite it's time. pretty yeah. quick. Yep. So if you want to experience this, even if you redo it next year, it's a whole different Sure. feel it's a whole mm-hmm. different direction mm-hmm. and so you want to jump in now mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah. very finite i mean we literally i think we have 18 shows total right at right. this point so yeah and so. like i said i know at least four are totally gone right now Which so that's amazing. wonderful yeah. for me yeah. but, it is right. and yeah. right. i have spoken to many quote-unquote virgins because of mm. course there's lots of rocky <laughs> horror virgins yes. and i'm like yes. you, <laughs> need, oh. you just need to stop that come and, and go see. in yeah, yeah. Come so and see. it'll go. be safe it'll yeah. be fun right ish no, it's controlled <laughs> chaos it is yeah. completely it's, it's fine. like the wildest party you've ever been to right. yeah there you go what and you're safe what has been your favorite aspect of directing this show I think finding new things about it uh-huh i mean because it's like i i loved the movie but i wanted to make it like i said mine mm-hmm. and right. finding new ways to go about it and it's, what I've been surprised at every time we run it now is that I start to kind of like Frank a lot more than okay. I thought I would right I really okay. find him kind of interesting yeah. and yeah not necessarily as despicable as you would think. I mean, he, granted, he kills, <laughs> granted, he kills people, but that, right, that but doesn't necessarily make him aside. a bad yeah. guy. I mean, whatever. Uh, uh, and so, no, it's, and I think, for when it was written, it was fairly progressive to me that it's it's about inclusion. Yes. It's about, yes. you know, like, I mean, Don't Dream It, Be It is, you know, still very relevant, oddly yeah. enough, 50 yeah. years later. Right. I think that's kind of, it's interesting and kind of sad that we mm-hmm. have to still think it is, but mm-hmm. it is. It's mm-hmm. very relevant. And it's fun to see the cast grow right, right. through it. Right. Because I think they all came to it thinking it would be like the movie. Yeah. Right. And they're all experiencing very different portions of how the show has changed each of them a little bit. Right. Sure. Because sure. the cast came together and we, they were very kind of cautious and reserved oh, at first. Yeah. And yeah. now when I just left rehearsal, they were literally running around in pajamas and like right? teddies yeah. and like underwear. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. There's something about, <laughs> yeah. and when we had Chicago in uh, in studio, there's something about those shows that are, are slightly risque. Mm-hmm. They take down the boundaries that we would they normally have, have mm-hmm. that you become yeah. even closer yeah. to as a cast because sure. there's nothing blocking you. No. You have to let go of modesty and let go of and just be mm-hmm. who you are in your own skin and oh. that's what's amazing about these shows oh yeah when we did that the photo shoot the the dirty mm-hmm. photo shoot yeah i, I mean it was i love they the all came to, we did it one afternoon before a sunday rehearsal and they came to rehearsal and the show changed i was shocked uh-huh. like a hundred percent right wow just oh, because yeah. of those people's like had all seen each other yeah. right fully yeah. unclothed right. Yeah. and they were fine they got more comfortable with each other the show just it changed it became yeah. a much different show yeah. was it hard to sell uh to board members i should say to sell saying you know what we should we should go out on a limb and we should do this show was that a difficult sale no it wasn't uh they came t- we had talked about it once and uh the artistic director came to me last january and said uh-huh. i want to do rocky horror do you want to do it and i said sure with the provision is, am I going to be backed by the board? Right. Am I going to be, I don't want to be constrained. I don't want huge sensor right. things. Right, so right, I want right, to be able to do what right. I want to do. Right. And they have been great the entire oh time. Gosh. Civic has yeah. not balked at anything. They've been yes. really, I mean, in fact, to be honest, there was, there was another photo taken. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I was told by the powers to be that let's take another one. That one was a little too Chicago like. Oh, it was a little too so cabaret like. They yeah. wanted a little more, you know. To okay. Be. So we went back to and we photo did another photo shoot. That's awesome. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, pushing the envelope a little bit. Well, yeah. that's what we love about local theater exactly. in Spokane, and we say it time yeah. and again is that uh, there are people trying to push some envelopes mm-hmm. going on, and we should celebrate that. We should mm-hmm. support that. Civic mm-hmm. and Modern are two theaters that are really pushing. They are, and it's it's nice to see you know we can get past doing very safe yeah. theater. Yeah. Not that theater, theater doesn't is have a place, to but. start the conversations and the dialogue. That's the mm-hmm. whole point of theater. And oh, yeah. So I'm excited. And Lance, we know you, of course. <laughs> and uh, a beautiful mind and a little twisty at times. Oh, so a that just yeah. means <laughs> it's going to be a really good show. It's going to be a fantastic time. Let's I, remind everyone that you can um, go to civictheater.com if you're looking for how to get tickets. But also remember that Rocky Horror opens this weekend, mm-hmm. October 14th, and it's going to run all the way through November 15th at one of those shows we are going to be in the audience enjoying ourselves a lot yes, so we um, <laughs> we'll talk a lot about it every week but go out this is the fun holiday season that is all yeah, about do something being fun. a little exactly. uh, being a little naughty and I'm just saying it's it's Halloween season here right? it's all about dressing up and being crazy and having fun do it do it. Do it. I saw your costume last year. Listen, mm-hmm. I do not saying. apologize. You shouldn't. I do not. <laughs> I, no, I will because I'm going to wear it this yeah. year. <laughs> I want to see so that. So I apologize to everyone. <laughs> uh, it's already been kind of a crazy show, which is great. We had right up our Dr. Damon, not a real doctor, on, and <laughs> as well as Lance Babbitt just talking about Rocky Horror and how that production is going to be the most amazing thing in the world going on right now. Uh, here pretty soon we are going to have Peter... Darnion, who is director of Five Guys Chillin'. Five Guys Chillin' um, is a play over in Britain, kind of dealing with a little bit of the chem sex um, topics Movement. going on. We've Movement. Been t- yeah. we, talked to, we talked to Damon uh, about it a little Damon bit. Damon L. Jacobs about that. As we've stated, you know, sex and drugs is not anything new. No, no, not at the, all. the cultural experience. But this is an interesting take on it. And so in a minute, uh, we're going to be talking a little more with uh, Peter Darnion about Mm -hmm. that but until then we want to say thank you we do we want to thank all of our supporters outspoken receive support from nine bar and bistro featuring a full bar food menu and trivia on thursday nights located at 232 west sprague avenue more information is available at 509-747-1621 outspoken receive support from instant sign factory celebrating 25 years serving the inland northwest indoor and outdoor sign needs more information at 1-877-778- 7446 and online at instant Outspoken receives support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Spokane, serving the community with a non dogmatic religious environment, welcoming all people regardless of race, sexual orientation, gender identity, or physical ability. Information online at uuspokane.org or 509. 509- Three two five six three eight three. Outspoken is funded in part by the Pride Foundation. For inf- for more information, visit pridefoundation.org. Thank you, thank you. I just we, gotta say that we love that. I know. I lo- I like seeing new ones in there. So I haven't seen a, f- a new one in a little bit. Hint, hint, hint. hint. All listeners, hint, everybody hint. out there, <laughs> new ones. Support KYRS, <laughs> which is an amazing resource, yes, and of is. course yes. your boys yeah. at the Outspoken. So That's we right. Yeah. We just had a caller, I guess, during our last break who wanted us to know how much she was enjoying today's show. We love it. Remember, you guys can comment on our show and anything we're talking about on Facebook at facebook.com slash outspoken. Right. You can tweet us 
at at outspokesman, or you can call and leave a nice little message like that. And that's we always love hearing from. We sure do, and yeah, we are really open to your interaction. Like you said, Facebook, Twitter, um, and calls. Kurt screens you, so he make does, sure so. that you're you know not sorry about it. Yeah, and not <laughs> spouting some some crazy. And we might put you on maybe. Right. So there's and that. You get to talk to Kurt, who yeah. we don't let on the microphones, yeah. but once a year. <laughs> He's your special birthday. behind the scenes guest on <laughs> his birthday. Right. right. That's how that's. Gonna <laughs> oh happen. gosh. So in just a moment, you and I will be talking uh, about Five Guys Chillin', which I would, you know, you and I kind of looked into this week and Mm -hmm. uh, saw it's a play going on dealing with the chemsex movement, really, or Mm -hmm. or phenomenon, whatever you want to call it. Right. Which is kind of interesting um, because it's gotten a lot of spotlight in Britain. Especially in Britain. They're a little less afraid to talk about uh, sexual situations. it's they, they had a big story on Channel 4 over there on the BBC. And, of course, they've had a number of documentaries. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact is, as we've said, sex and drugs has always been just under the surface of right. culture anyways. Right. It's not new. It's not a new decade for it. It was going mm-hmm. on in the 50s and before, 50s, 60s, 70s. And it's gay, straight. It knows no boundaries. Yeah, it's but human. the point is, if we don't talk about it, mm-hmm. then bad things can happen. And so right. uh, we're going to talk a little bit with Peter Darney, who wrote this play and directed it based off of interviews that he did with five guys mm-hmm. about this whole phenomenon as he explores it. And we're going to talk to him about what that means and and what he found out and why he wanted right. to do this. We're right. going to find out um, all of those well, lovely things. And there's a there's a whole culture behind it because, you know, there's code words that, that you're looking for. There's certain lingo that unless you're really aware of it, you might right. not know, right. um, you know, and you and I kind of talked a little bit about right, that. Because I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it can get Sometimes real awkward. it takes just, me a oh, while to okay. understand. Yeah. <laughs> they mean something that I didn't understand that right. they meant. Right. Because right. I have no idea. Yeah. I am the, and, yeah. and chillin' is one of them. We'll talk right. a little bit about this. We can chillin'. relax. I am all for yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It's not It's not the whole, you know, let's relax and it's or not Netflix just the and chill. No, no. Netflix and chill that Ellen helps the world to understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a whole chillin is a in in Britain it's a sex party yeah with you know? with a lot of drugs yeah. involved yeah. so so you know here's the thing remember this outspoken you know we talk about all sorts of things because yes, we we're do. loud and proud and mm-hmm. in your face but these are you know these are situations and and subject yep. matter I think that we need it's important to cover because it's not just Britain and it's going on here and we do need to right. shed some light on it and at least look at it like Damon was saying. Um, Maybe we shouldn't, you know, put shoulds on it or, you know, say you're doing something wrong, you're doing something right. We should make right. sure it's safe, um, make yes. it as safe as possible, uh, mm-hmm. make sure our behaviors are safe and what we're, you know, how we're doing it. As, so that's as the really doctors the, say, first, do no harm. There you go. So that's exactly. the most important. To yourself or to someone else, unless it's, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's part of an agreement made prior. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know. I don't know what I'm saying. There's, there's a whole BDSM movement, so there, there you is. go. There I are mean, things to talk that. about. I think it's funny. So Kurt, as mm-hmm. he's uh, scheduling everybody to come in the studio, um, schedules guests. And I love having people in the studio, but I feel bad. We have a guest in the studio, but he has to listen to an interview before he's even on. <laughs> So that got really excited. That's how it goes. And so we are going to have, after this interview, we are going to have Michael Jepson from Outspokane on the microphones as well. Until then, he just gets to be entertained. (laughs) Hopefully. Uh, He weighs really nice. (laughs) I I would say there's been some parades in his... Yes, in his past. Right? Just a few of them. Um, But... 
without further ado, we think this conversation is worthy of uh, having. Um, as we look into this amazing play, it's an award-winning play. It's been done in Brighton Fringe Festival, Dublin International Gay Theater, and the King's Head Theater. We want to talk more with Peter Darney, who is the writer-director of a new play that deals with Kim sex in the gay community, and it's called Five Guys Chillin'. So without further ado, are you there, sir? Yes, I'm here. Hello. 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 Thank you so much for taking time on a Sunday to be with the boys of Outspoken. Thank you for inviting me. It's very kind. Wonderful. Well, let's just get down to it. Let's start with an explanation of the premise for those listeners who don't necessarily understand the reference to chillin' in the title or to this notion of Kim sex. Can we explain that part? Yes, absolutely. Um, so a chilling or a chill-out mm-hmm. is a party where men will go facilitated by um, social media apps such as uh, Grinder or Scruff, mm-hmm. and they will go probably take off most, if not all, of their clothes and take various drugs and um, people will come and go throughout the evening. Um, These parties can last for hours, days, sometimes even weeks. Um, And in London, they are facilitated by three drugs particularly, uh, crystal meth um, or Tina, um, which can be smoked or injected, and methadrone, which I don't think you have so much in the States, but is a... um, a drug that works similarly between a sort of like a hybrid between cocaine and ecstasy mm-hmm. and GHB, uh, which you have a problem with over here as well, I think. Um, yeah. And the three of them together, we call them the unholy trinity. They um, lower your inhibitions and make you um, sometimes not make the best um, safer sex decisions. Right. Um, right. And um, the, the three of them work in conjunction to really, really exacerbate your sex drive. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's uh, part of it is I was reading some articles that right now London especially has a rise in HIV infections, new HIV infections. And yes, part of as the New York. Yes, exactly. Yep. And so part of the fear is is this sort of Kim sex mm-hmm. parties. Peter, what made you yeah. approach the subject matter? I mean, there there is all this, you know, going on right now. What made you want to do it and do it in such an artistic way? Um, well, what, the reason I wanted to do it was, um, so I didn't know about it mm-hmm. until a friend of mine um, started throwing parties and told me about it. And it's kind of that thing where, like, once you know what um, chill out or H&H means, um, or the other little bits of slang that you might find on social media apps, once mm-hmm. you know that it's there, you suddenly mm-hmm. realize that it's everywhere. I would right. say that in London, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you're never more than 500 meters away from a chemsex party. Wow. I, I would definitely say that right mm-hmm. now. Um, and once I sort of saw that it was happening, I thought, this is fascinating. That so many people are going to these parties and no one is talking about it. Right. Um, and, you know, there are lots of reasons why people don't talk about it. Doctors go, lawyers go, um, mm. police, policemen go, prison wardens. Um, it's, it's not a class thing. It's something that someone from any sort of walk of society could go to. Professional people will go to. Right. And so, so the next day, um, maybe you don't feel that good, you're coming down off drugs, um, there's some sort of guilt and shame that can be attached to them as well. Right. Um, but the Absolutely. very fact that people don't talk about it means that they aren't necessarily um, making their decisions from an informed place. Exactly. So 
the friend of mine that initially inspired the project, I mean, he would just tell me the most hilarious, outrageous stories. And I thought, this is fascinating. Um, and so I started, uh, I started to research and I started to um, interview people that were involved in the scene. And I would do that by, um, if I saw that they were on um, Grinder at a chill party, I would mm -hmm. favorite them. And then a few days later, I would ask them if they would do an interview with me. I, right. That was really important to me that I didn't interview anyone whilst they were high. Because right. um, I felt that I had to sort of, I didn't want anyone to tell me anything that they wouldn't want to tell me when they were sober. Right. Um, and I started to piece these interviews together. And um, so as time progressed, um, the friend of mine that inspired the project, his house became uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, sex party. Oh, wow. um, he doesn't sleep. He passes out on GHB and comes around and carries on um, wow. through crystal meth. He can be up for five, six, seven days without sleeping. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. And um, he's lost his job, obviously, and become massively, massively in debt. Um and so, I mean, I don't think that these parties are all bad. I think there are some positives as well. Um, you know, it's a way for people to connect. It's a way for people to meet each other. It's a way for someone to not be on their own for an evening if they wanted to not be on their own. Um, but when it takes over your life, and right, right. you can't have sex without drugs. Yeah. Right. And um, when we don't... Yeah, when we don't talk about it as a culture, as a society, it's much easier for so many people to slip beneath those it's much rats. easier for so many mm. people to slip right. and you know something that you know something that i often think about is um if i were 18 now uh -huh. coming into a gay scene where mm -hmm. that's expected um or and if i were coming into this gay scene now with these particular drugs that are right. around i don't know what i don't know i don't know if i would still be here right yeah, right. because we're not you know, having this now in this place specifically. I mean, you talked about interviewing guys and you know finding them and waiting till they were sober so you could have real conversations. In this place specifically, you're weaving together the story of five specific guys. How difficult mm -hmm. was it to take, you know, five individual stories and make it into a cohesive play? Really difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, really difficult. As I started doing it, I suddenly realized, like, oh, my God, this would have been so much easier if I'd just written something. Um, <laughs> right. But um, what I did was I tried to find a point of decision, uh, something that someone would pick up from the character before. So I cut the interviews together to try and make them feel like a conversation right. um, and try and have them picking up or expanding on a point that someone else had said before um, with... The, the little bit of artistic license that comes from the fact that obviously all of these people are high. Right. Um, mm. So maybe some, you know, there often are some strange cognitive jumps when people are, are at a party like this. Mm -hmm. And um, I also, from, I also introduced material that expanded on certain areas from other people that I'd interviewed. So I gave that to, to whichever felt most appropriate of the five main characters that I wanted uh, to use from the five main interviews. So, you know, expanding on things like sexual racism, mm -hmm. um, intimacy, consent, those sorts of things were, were sort of expanded on with um, right. information from other people. 
Well, and, you know, there's so many complex levels to, to this whole topic. Drugs and sex alone are, you know, individually complex and controversial. How do you address, you know, the complexities of all that um, into the bigger picture of chemsex? Well, in London, I think, you know, in terms of chemsex, sexual health and um, dealing with um, people maybe mm. uh, having uh, a dependency on chemicals, um, is now integrated within one service. Mm -hmm. So our sexual health checkup clinics are just as likely to talk to you about um, our chemsex and control. So in some ways, London's really got it together there that they don't see these two things as separate. They see them as um, something to be treated at at the same time and at the same point. Um, In terms of like how you address it on stage, I mean, I just sort of went for this is what just this is what it is. Right. Um, it's just an, a mirror, and I show good things, I show bad things, but I absolutely accurately show what a chill party, what the scene is like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that can be, it's quite an intense play. Um, it's very, very funny, um, but it's also got, you know, moments of, of tragedy and, and, and sadness and poignancy as well. Sure. Right. And a play like that, you know, we talk about uh, in the UK, it tends to be the conversation is at least more willing to be had obviously here in the states it's going on it's not like it's not there uh but we don't allow that conversation as much first of all why do you think that is yeah why do you think that is and i mean i think a play like this then is needed but why do you think we don't want to talk about it over here um that's that's really interesting i mean in london it's it's really we, we we've got really good at talking about it um, to the point that, you know, um, our leading sexual health services wrote a forward for my play, which is uh, published oh, nice. it's, um, on shelf over on books, if anyone wanted to read it. Um, nice. they, they sort of wrote a, a whole uh, section putting this scene into context. Um, and they've been really, really massively supportive in, in helping us get the message across and get people into the play. Mm-hmm. I found, like, over here it's been really difficult. I've tried to reach out to organizations, but um, people don't, it, they feel quite uncomfortable by with with the idea of talking about it. Um, I don't know why that is, um, because normally, you know, I'm in New York right now, and normally I would say that New York leads the way in the world. Right, um, right. But I think uh, the community isn't quite ready to um, have this conversation, but I think it needs to. Well, and I think that having the conversation means admitting that it's happening. And a lot of people would rather just close their eyes and ears and say, Nope, that's not real. We're not dealing with this. That's a fake problem. But having to admit and realize it means we have to face it. And that's hard. It's hard to try and, you know, find a solution or, you know, go into it head first. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Like in, in some ways we've never had, um, better equality you know as a gay man i can get married i can um expect protection under the law um and in some ways we've gone a really good way um into uh assimilating um however you know it's um i think sometimes there can be an idea in our community that there are the good gays and there are the bad gays and the bad gays Mm -hmm. let down the good gays by taking lots of drugs and right. giving us a bad name and contracting lots of SDIs. Right. But this is just nonsense. We are a community and we all have a responsibility right. for each other. Right. We have to look out for each other. 
you know, we've got this shared experience. We grew up with secrets. We grew up feeling different. We grew up finding it harder to form a relationship. Mm -hmm. And some of us go off the rails because of that. And we shouldn't vilify them. We should look after them. We should do what we can to help them. And in that, we do have to open up the conversation. Mm -hmm. But actually, not everything is hunky-dory. And just because I can get married, it doesn't mean that I'm going to find it easy to have a successful relationship. Absolutely. Exactly. It's still work. It's still a relationship. There's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, until you're able to be um, out and safe and comfortable and unjudged Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. the moment that you first realize, which is probably going to be school, until that happens and we can grow up being ourselves without this burden of secrecy, um, there are always going to be problems with drugs and alcohol in our community. Uh, There may be anyway, but, you know, we, if we if we shut down intimacy for ourselves and if we carry the secret, then we will use things to create and facilitate that intimacy. Yes. And drugs are amazing at facilitating intimacy for an evening. Right. And they're also amazing at taking away your um, ability to have a, a sustained intimate relationship in the long term. That's what everyone I interviewed was looking for. They were looking to connect. They were right. looking for right. intimacy for the evening. Wow. They didn't want to be on their own. That was a driving force behind everyone. You know, no one ever sets out to be a drug addict. Right? No. No, no one wakes up and thinks that. Huh. Exactly. Um, now, with such controversial things in the play, and talking about something that's actually real that a lot of people don't want to look at, how was the play received when you first opened, and how have you seen that change as it's continued uh, playing in London? Well, I have to. when we first tried it out, at the Brighton Fringe, mm-hmm. um, I can honestly say that I have never been so frightened in my life. Hmm. Um, wow. Because there's absolutely, there's no benchmark. There's nothing that yeah, I can right. compare this to. Um, so I didn't know how an audience was going to take it. And you are thinking like, you know, have I gone too far? Are, right. there, are there too many graphic descriptions? Of, you know, mm-hmm. is, is it too far? Um Thankfully, the audience reception has always been really, really exceptional. Um, I'm saying that. It is a play that, you know, sometimes we do get people walking out. Sometimes we get people very affected by um, the HIV stories, especially if they've recently contracted it. Um, Sometimes we get people walking out because they can't handle the um, injecting scenes, maybe if they're recovering addicts themselves. And some people just don't like it because they're like, I don't identify with this. Um, But generally speaking... um, the support from audiences and the support from uh, the community in general has been amazing. Uh, even to the point that up in Edinburgh this year, we were at the Edinburgh Festival mm-hmm. and um, we worked with a local charity and um, we just handed out their cards with them. Um, we hand out free condoms to everyone that comes to the show as well. Nice. Um, and we just handed out cards to the local charity and they found that their um, referral rate went up. They were getting like eight people a week when they were used to getting oh, two wow. people a month wow. coming to say, can I have a chat to you about chems? I think maybe they're taking a little bit more control mm-hmm. of me than mm-hmm. they thought and maybe that's not what I want to want to right. have, yeah. which is fantastic, you know, because ultimately um, a happy sexual life is a right for all of us. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Well, Peter, what did you hope to accomplish with telling these stories, and did you accomplish that so far? Yes. I, what I set out to do was mm-hmm. to cause an argument, to provoke a conversation. Oh, okay. I didn't, yeah. I didn't set out to say, this is bad, um, this is good. 
that I mean, bad and good are relative concepts depending on the yeah. person right. making the decision. We all have the right to make our own decisions, mm-hmm. and we have to do that from a position of power. And that power comes from conversation and knowledge. That power comes from making your decisions from an informed place and reflecting on them before you do. If you want to go to a chill-out party, absolutely go to a chill-out party. If you never want to go to one, don't go to one. Um, If you want to use drugs, I would hope that you might find a way to use them in a safer way as possible. Um, I'm not telling anyone what to do, but what I'm telling them to do is think about it before they do it. To talk about it. To have a dialogue and don't just go because everyone else is or... Do it because that's what's happening the evening. That that evening, do it from a place of power. Think right. about it first. That's well, and all I think that's out to do. Your play is doing exactly what art is supposed to do, which it is. It's creating that conversation. It's creating that dialogue where you where you have to think about it and have to talk about it because you've just been inspired by what you just saw on the stage. I get a lot of people walking out. You walking out. You sort of hear people arguing, like right, arguing about issues that have come up or like someone saying I don't believe that and then someone going excuse me actually that happened to me right um happening right there and that that's what I set out to make happen to make to make something that was it's not a passive play it's it demands that you engage with it and it demands that you engage with the issues so I mean that's been really fantastic Mm -hmm. you know seeing people arguing about whether it's okay to have no Asians on your grinder profile oh Um, right sure right yeah you know I mean some people will still maintain that that's okay. Some people won't. But I, I right. like that they're arguing about it. Right, because it's yeah. how we think. And it, thinking and is how we become better. Exactly. And it's in yeah, that discussion exactly so. yeah, that we need to have. I mean, it's, it's so important. And that's what art, like Jonathan said, is here to do. So, Peter, where and how long is this play going to be running for? And is there going to be any future projects, film adaptation, maybe bringing it to the States? Well, we've got our last show today at 5 o'clock at Soho Playhouse, New York, okay. off-Broadway. Um, so that's in about an hour's time. Yeah. Um, we then open on the uh, 15th of October back in London at the King's Head Theatre. and sure. play through to the 5th of November. And um, there are, yeah, I mean, people are talking to me about um, wanting to put it on in other places, maybe talking about putting it on in San Francisco go in Chicago mm-hmm. and um, Vancouver. Um, nothing fixed yet, but I'm, I'm hoping that that will happen. So are we, and we're hoping Seattle and Spokane maybe can start talking Get on to that about list. those yeah. that as well. <laughs> I think this is a great play. Peter, uh, thank you so much for taking time to be with us and talking about your new play that you wrote and directed, Five Guys Chillin'. And uh, we wish you all the luck, but break a leg tonight. Thank you very much. Okay, oh, just to you. say yes. that you can get a copy if you want to. It's on Amazon. Um, uh, it's published by Oberon Books. Oh, perfect. Yes, awesome. go, go. We will Great. put up a link to that specifically yes, on our site as well. Again, thank, thank you, you Peter, much. so much. Thank you for having me. It's been lovely to speak to you. Wonderful. Have a great night. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that was Peter Darney. Peter Darney is the director and writer of the London play Five Guys Chillin'. It has debuted in New York right now, a very raw look yes. at a subject matter that we Com- don't tend to like to talk about, yeah, which completely is sex, transparent. and then add drugs to it, and then everybody's like, I'm out. Yeah, it's Even it's though it's mess. happening mm-hmm. everywhere, mm-hmm. we would rather not pay attention. Yes, exactly so, right. We you. hate looking at that. We just got off the phone with Peter Darney, director of Five Guys Chillin'. Uh, interesting 
play that takes a look into the life of chemsex and delves into that topic. And as he said, you can get a copy of it if you would like. You just have to go to Amazon.com and go there. So I think that would be fascinating. We who talk about theater constantly um, Mm -hmm. and pushing the boundaries in theater. Always. Uh, I can't wait to read that play. But... Now we have somebody else. In we do. We have the amazing Michael Jepson of Outspoken here in studio. Michael, how are you? I'm really well, thanks. How are you guys doing? Doing Great. well. Welcome. We, when we first started, people kept getting our name confused with y'all's <laughs> name. So it took <laughs> them a while do. to realize, they still do, they still do that, um, that we're separate, but we love each other. Indeed. So. Indeed. And you know, I, I get the same thing all the time. And what's funny is when Outspoken was... Um, built up after another group that I can't remember the name of. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- they deliberately chose to go with Outspokane because they didn't want to be confused with the Pride Foundation. Oh, inter- oh yeah, okay. right? Yeah. yeah, Which would yeah. make sense. Uh, two like great that. organizations, yes. by so the way. We have so many amazing right. organizations in Spokane. Right, and one mm-hmm. of the big things about Outspokane is that they recognize all the different organizations and the work being done. Not only do you guys do the Pride Parade, the Rainbow Festival that happens in Spokane all the time. But you guys really do stay active throughout the year. We do. We, yeah. we make a concerted effort to reach out to our fellow groups mm-hmm. and support each other and be there for each other and celebrate together. Which we love. We yeah. love celebrating. And that's all what it exactly is about. It's coming together, celebrating when we need to, and sometimes coming together and fighting back when we need to, because mm. that is also important. Mm, that's a thing. You know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that. About five years ago, uh-huh. I was coming out of a heteronormative marriage. Sure. And I uh, was returning to the LGBT community mm-hmm. and was bashed. And then about a week and a half later, another uh, prominent member of our community was bashed. Right. Um, actually, today I posted, this must stop with a picture of him in a hospital bed. Wow. And um, it, it was amazing, the support and the love that we, uh, that we reached, was reached out yeah. to both of us. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's what it comes it, down exactly. to is the human experience yeah. and the community that we have a choice every day to cultivate or to put away, and mm-hmm. I choose, I hope we choose to cultivate yes, those things. Always. And what an, a good post, especially because in just two days, uh, on Tuesday is National Coming Out Day, right? which is a big, uh, a very big and important day. We talk about, you know, Harvey Milk reminding us mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. must come out every day, that this is, you know, uh, actually a, a political it is. stance to be who you are mm-hmm. and not back mm-hmm. away from it every day. So you guys are even celebrating National Coming Out Day. We are. And I, I'd just like to give a little background. I know we're on limited time, but sure. uh, National Coming Out Day started in 1988. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1987 was the March on Washington for Gay and Lesbian Rights, which just shows how insular we were in my adult life and how, mm-hmm. how far we've come in, in the intervening years. Um, and then they decided... You know, if you don't know that you know somebody who is LGBTQQAAI2+, uh, <laughs> but you do know and love and respect someone. So that's what that's what made them decide to come out to mm-hmm. say, this is a day mm-hmm. where if you haven't come out or you you need a reason to come out, yeah, this is the day to do it. Right. Yeah. And uh, October 11th was picked just because it fell in line with the... 
the March on Washington, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's um, a celebration of that. Right. Yeah. And so uh, in observation of National Coming Out Day, Outspokane is putting on a Cards Against Humanity event at Nine Bar Love. and Bistro. Love. Yes. Uh, Tuesday, which is also Taco Tuesday. Yes. Um, we, I was just at Nine, and we were talking about coming up with specials mm-hmm. that um, are pertinent today. Um, nice. Uh, they, we, we jokingly, and I don't know if we're going to do this, said you can grab a pink taco for a dollar. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, oh, oh. A little reference to <laughs> oh, yes. a, Mr., a Mr. Trump <laughs> yes. blunder. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but we're also uh, going to have a lot of fun. Yes. And yes. I, I hope to see a lot of people there. Right. Uh, $10 participation suggested. Exactly. Uh, but something more important, and this goes back actually to the second Saturday in June, which is when Spokane has observed Pride and the Rainbow mm-hmm. Festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, KYRS has done an amazing job um, supporting the community, supporting Pride. Right. Um, Queer Sounds and Outspoken both. Uh, so... I have a, a little plaque for KYRS, and when I Yay. came to present it, they suggested it was suggested that we do it now to, uh, on on a Sunday. Oh, yes. And I'm going to hand it to Sergey. Um, oh my! For those gosh. of you at home, um, we are happy to accept on uh, KYRS's behalf. For we sure. are so grateful for this. It's oh beautiful. My, it's too. amazing. It has like rainbow fireworks on it and everything. Well, a couple of years ago, we started lighting the clock tower in the week before Pride with. Um, with rainbow colors. Yeah. Uh, the Which, year before that, we yeah. had actually had a banner, mm-hmm. but when they put Wi-Fi in the park, we right. couldn't hang the banner anymore, so we started lighting the clock tower. Yeah. And then in 2016, we observed the 25th Pride in Spokane. Right, right. And of course, we started with a few dozen people marching on a sidewalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now we, we reach over 10,000 people. Which yeah. is amazing. I oh, remember being at huge. one of the very first ones, and it was I felt like it was around. Yeah. You just went down a sidewalk. It wasn't where it is now. Right. And it was very short. And I was part of Wenatchee P-Flag, and I remember being here for that. And it was really big for those of us in central and eastern Washington. Mm-hmm. Because right. <laughs> we, your only other option was Seattle, which was fun, but it was cool to have one in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it has grown. Massively. So much. Well, even Coeur d'Alene now has a has their own Pride event right. going on. They uh, right. they do that when we have the yeah. Pride Cruise, which yes. started yes. with yep. the now defunct Metropolitan mm-hmm. Community Church. Yeah, yes, I remember. Uh, they handed it over to Outspokane, right. and and we love doing it. And then um, for the the last two years, which has been when P Flag mm-hmm. in Coeur d'Alene has been doing a Coeur d'Alene Pride. Right. Uh, we Outspokane has helped sponsor that. Right. And we. Right. Uh, in 2015, it it looked like some kind of PTA event <laughs> in a park, yeah. and then right. and then this year, I mean, they had the mayor, they had an, an entertainment mm-hmm. tent, they had a main stage. It's amazing. We have come so far, and so far, and, truly. I mean, truly. Jonathan, you and I are of a similar age. Yes, we are. <laughs> and when I was born, 25 for everybody who's wondering, right? we, are, we are 25. Well, when when I was born, then. Um, it was illegal in many states to knowingly serve mm. alcohol to a homosexual. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the American Psychiatric Association, the American Medical Association, considered being gay or bi a mental disorder. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. this was in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, don't Ask, Don't Tell came in while I was an adult. Mm-hmm. And here we are. We're in a time when marriage equality is the law in all 50 states. Yep. Yeah. Uh, one hopes still. <laughs> and, um, and then we have um, 
so much to be thankful for. We I do. mean, marriage equality, openly serving. The military is now recognizing trans service members. I, I mean, know. We have come so far. so far. Absolutely, I we have. It's Knowing it's that, I mean, uh, we've had pride in this town for 25 years, if yeah. you right. think of that. I feel like you guys need, like, uh, uh, introspection, like, art exhibit for everything that y'all at Outspoken have done because we, as we talked about, how much has grown. How much that I think probably 25 years ago we couldn't have even imagined what it has become today and what a great reason to celebrate. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. Well, I, you know, there's so much that I could say and, and would love to say sometime. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just want to point out that we did have an art display based mm-hmm. on, and the theme was based around our theme of Pride in uh, 2016, which was Pride 25 mm-hmm. from Silence to, to Celebration. celebration. Yeah. And uh, we are going to have an art. Uh, we are working with uh, the guy who curated the art um, at Pride 25 for right. Pride 26. Right. He is he is definitely interested in wow. continuing on. Um, you know, we we've had obviously queer people have been around, mm-hmm. yeah, for ages, for ages, Ever. for ages since, since the beginning. Yes, right. yeah. Um, yeah, since yeah. the beginning. I mean, and Spokane has had. An organization for over forty years, which yeah. is the Imperial Sovereign Court of Spokane. Yeah. They had their um, yes. Yes, they had they their can. coronation last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the longest continually operating LGBT organization in Spokane. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, Nova said hi to you guys. We uh, love <laughs> and, um, uh, So yeah, that's. I mean, we we've, we've had the organizations, yeah. but the fact that. We had banners downtown celebrating Pride, and right? we had Pride flags celebrating. We lit pride. the clock tower exactly. Yeah. We lit the clock tower. That's amazing. I mean, and yeah, I, I hate to say it, but between the fact that I get to run a parade every year, yeah, <laughs> and the fact that I was a part of making this happen really gives right? me a great deal of pride. Um, one of the display people at Nordstrom mm-hmm. came and grabbed me during Pride, and I'm I'm wearing my my typical Pride gear of my rainbow cape, and I yeah. love it. Yeah, and and she's like, Michael, Michael, and I'm like, Yeah, what? And she said, You've got to come and see. And they've always felt that Spokane was too conservative for Nordstrom, which is a huge supporter. Oh, yeah. of, of gay rights. Yeah. Um, they they have they've always felt that Spokane was a little too conservative mm-hmm. to to really go out go on a limb with that Mm -hmm. and she pulled the store manager to the front of the store and she said look we have a pride banner hanging from a city owned facility we have pride flags lining the street in front of our store oh my gosh yes and so they were able to get some window clings and we we can hope that they'll do more next year right well that's you have to build all we can do is build off of what happened yesterday and i think that's the legacy that is outspoken well and the pride banners down the street were a huge deal. I mean, mm-hmm. we we haven't had that, and that's that that is such an accomplishment. And it's, I mean, you know, in a way, it's sad that that is considered an accomplishment, but really, it really is. You gotta and start somewhere. Exactly. You gotta start. Somewhere. You gotta. You gotta, you gotta go. Shameless plug for Johnny Quinn, who yes. is our yes. chair this mm-hmm. year, who was my co-chair last year. That was his vision. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I I just had something I wanted to say, and I am completely forgetting. Welcome oh, to radio, right? Yeah. <laughs> Spokane. Um, little little trivia fact for you: Spokane was the third city to have an active color guard from a military base in Pride. Nice, wow. just the third, just the wow. third. Uh, wow. San Diego's Pride was right after DADT was overturned by the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. so they of course got the first one. Right. Yeah, Washington D.C. beat us by a few hours. Oh, <laughs> D.C. Come on, but but Spokane. Right, so can. I mean, right that's, uh, yeah. and 
Yeah. When I was a teenager in the Spokane Valley in the early 1980s, I would have thought I was reading science fiction. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> it's so true. It wasn't an, It wasn't even an option in our minds. Right. A lot that has happened now. So, first of all, thank you for all you do and for all uh, that your coworkers, your colleagues do at Outspokane. I like to say it's not the Keebler elves that put on pride. <laughs> <laughs> no. And it takes a lot yes. of work. And like yeah. we always say is you don't have to be the ones on the front line, mm-hmm. but support the ones that are. Yeah. Thank because you. it there takes a lot to do these things. So thank you so much. Thank uh, you for all you do. Oh, well, oh, well our, hey, yeah. our pleasure. You know, it's yeah. hard to shut us up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. You've got time to fill. Right? <laughs> thank you so much on behalf of KYRS as well for the plaque. We appreciate it a lot. So, Sergey, we're going to take a brief break. We are not because we are going to have Camille Bloom. That's a brief break. I know. We are going to have her gonna come and introduce something. our break. Um, and she's actually on the phone with, with Kurt right now. And... Uh, if you don't know, Camille Bloom is going to be here in town. She in, is. In Spokane. Saturday. Like, straight up. October 15th at 6.30 at 9 Bar and Bistro. She's actually going to perform there. $10 are tickets in advance. $15 at the door. And you're going to get even more excited once she tells you what single we're going to play of hers right now. Camille, would you like to tell us? Sure. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be the title track off the new record, Pieces of Me. And I have to say, I listened to it earlier, and I really love this track. So, oh, thank you. And you've been to Spokane before, is this right? Yes. Are you excited to come I, back? I am. I used to live there years ago, and <gasps> oh, so it, it feels like a homecoming to me, yeah. um, and I love playing Spokane. Uh, Camille, you're amazing. We're going to have you on in the future as well. But for now, uh, we'll see you very soon on October 15th at Nine Bar and Bistro. And now we're going to let the listeners hear Peace of Me. Great. Thanks. You are back with KYRS Medical Lake Spokane, 88.1 and 92.3 FM. Thank you all for tuning in to another Outspoken on your Sunday afternoon. Uh, We have more exciting shows coming up. Next week, tune in and we'll be talking to Wanda Julia Johnson, who is the publisher and editor-in-chief of the fashion magazine Contessa's Court. We also will welcome actor Paolo Andino, for those of you who used to be a fan of the Big Gay Sketch Show on Logo. He was one of the actors on there. He's doing a lot more stuff mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. And I had a crush on him then, so I'm really excited. So. And still now, apparently. Still now. That's still okay. Now. That's okay. It's happening. Now, don't forget, we are introducing a new segment. Our fellow intern, Houston Tilly, did uh, leave us for uh, the Seattle area, the Seattle right. market. He's currently working there now. But he came up with this brilliant idea of yep. having... Uh, an after show, an after party, a after party for the boys to have half an hour to to talk, um, kind of wrap up the show and make it exclusive to podcasts and iTunes. Yeah, so you, the only way to get it is, is it? to either download it from our iTunes access or you can get it on our our website as well. But it's the only way. It's the boys uncensored. It is. It's a half hour of us talking about how the show went and what we thought. That's and right. A true. Confession. True confessions. That's right. So So. stay tuned to that. That'll come up this week. Uh, We will announce it on our social medias. As always, follow us on Twitter at Outspokesman or Facebook.com slash Outspokesman. Just to highlight everything you all need to go out and do this week, Mm -hmm. you've got Chicago at the Modern Theater downtown. Remember, it has two weekends left. Very worth seeing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had Lance Babbitt, the director of Civic Theater's Rocky Horror, that runs, they open this weekend. 
that runs from October 14th to November 15th. The boys will be narrating one of those one of those shows, so you should probably show up because that's going to be party day anyway. Exactly. Also, if you want to catch Ringo Starr and his all-star band, that is happening a week from today, Sunday the 26th at the um, INB Performing Arts Center. And then, of course, we just heard the latest single from the latest album from Camille Bloom. But you can find her at Nine Bar and Bistro on Saturday, October 15th. The show starts at 630. Uh, $10 advance tickets, $15 at the door. That is this coming Saturday. And another thing happening at Nine, coming out day, national coming out day is yeah. October 11th. Don't forget that Outspokane is having their fundraiser at Nine Bar and Bistro at exactly. 7 p.m., $10 uh, donation suggested. It's yeah. Cards Against Humanity. And You'll it's have the fun. way, like, Sergey and I win this game all the time because we are horrible human We're beings. awful <laughs> humans. Yeah. And this is the safe place to show just how bad you You really learn are. a lot about and each other. And most important, yes. vote. Vote. Tomorrow's so, the last day to register. So vote Do by it. tomorrow. Kurt, if you're listening, register to vote by tomorrow so you Do can uh, definitely vote in the presidential Exactly. It's a big race. one. Yeah, tonight's the second presidential debate. That's so right. So do it. That's right. All right, and then we will catch you actually next week. Until then, take care. <laughs>